All right, welcome back to the podcast. Bruce here, Smart Pizza Marketing Podcast, Slice Project Pizza. My guest today, Brando and Chris, the fellas over there. We're going to talk about opening a new pizzeria a few months before the whole coronavirus hit, how they've adapted to that, what the process has been like for them, and all of that good stuff on the podcast today. This podcast we recorded a few weeks ago, so it's a little bit more during the pandemic than right now in the process we are in, which is kind of the reopening of all of the areas and restaurants, depending on what area you're in. But I thought it was a good episode. We talked a lot about why they opened the pizzeria, the different styles they have, and they have a good philosophy of they want to run a pizzeria, but they also want to have a life and a family and have and be able to spend time with them. So they're only open certain hours on certain days. This pandemic has adjusted those a little bit, and they think that maybe it's for the better, and who knows if they're going to go back to their regularly scheduled hours. So I'm excited to share this podcast with you. I think it's a good one. Before we get into the podcast here, I have to say thank you to our sponsors, Slice. If you're running an independent pizzeria, you got to check out Slice. You may have heard of Slice, the pizza app. They're more than just a pizza app. Slice gives small pizza shops online ordering and marketing at an extremely fair price, the lowest in the industry. No insane commissions, no crazy contracts, unlike some of those other third-party apps. And why do you ask? Because the founder and CEO, Alert, is a pizza guy just like us. He set out to help his family pizzeria and his friend shops, and that led to thousands more with the Slice app. If you need to check out your marketing or you need to step up your marketing game and you need some online ordering help and you're a small individual pizzeria, definitely check out Slice. You can go over to slicelife.com forward slash owners. Again, that's slicelife.com forward slash owners and check them out today. And also my friends over at The Mail Shark, if you've been in the pizza business for a while, you've definitely heard out heard of MailShark. If you're looking for an effective way to bring in new and repeat customers to your pizza shop, MailShark is the go-to resource for you. Consider a direct mail campaign. According to the the National Association of Advertisers, direct mail has the highest response rate of any marketing medium, and it sees its greatest use in B2C campaigns, which is you, business to customer. Over the past decade, MailShark has helped over 7,000 pizzerias grow with custom direct mail solutions. Explore your options with one of their direct mail experts today. You can reach them at 610-621-5116. You can even start with no money down, or if you can head over to the website, themailshark.com forward slash SPM. Again, that was themailshark.com forward slash SPM, and start your mail campaign with no money down today. Okay, let's get into today's podcast episode with Brandon and Chris from The Slice Project Pizza. This is going to be a good episode. Let me just say there is a tiny bit of echo. Brandon and Chris were recording the podcast episode in their pizzeria, which I'm totally fine with because you guys are busy, and I appreciate you just taking the time and joining me on the podcast, and sometimes you have to record the podcast episode wherever you can. So there's a little bit of an echo with them in their pizzeria. We try to cut it out the best we can, but I still think this is a great podcast episode for you to check out. And here it is right now. All right, welcome to the podcast, guys. My friends Brando and Chris from Slice Project are joining us on today's episode of the show. So welcome, guys. Thank you so much for taking the time and joining us here on the podcast. Thank you, man. Super happy to be here. I love your pizza photos on Instagram. They look really good. <laughs> yeah, we... we... We, uh, we, we try to do a, a good job at taking photos. Like we invested in the camera and everything. Um, so yeah, we, we're, we're happy with them too. <laughs> yeah, we'll, get, we'll get into how you do that later, but like, give us a little brief <laughs> intro about where you guys are located. Like what style of pizza you serve, where you're from. 
Yeah, I'll, I'll go first. So, um, you know, I'm Brando Sincion. Uh, we're from Watsonville, California. Um, we started, what, like <laughs> about a year ago. Yeah, we, we were just talking about it last night. We're, we've been making pizza for about a year now. I mean, he's been practicing ever since. Um, and yeah, uh, a little bit about myself. Um, I was born and raised here in Watsonville, California. Uh, moved when I was 18, I moved to Santa Barbara to go to school. Uh, graduated UC Santa Barbara, and then University of California, Santa Barbara, for those who don't know. I know it's like easy to just say UC, but yeah, UC Santa Barbara. Then I came back and um, I started working at Verizon and then a nonprofit. And then after that, we opened up Slice Project. I mean, it's like I condensed it, but that's pretty much it. Wow. John, and I, for me, it's uh, from so a little bit of a little bit about myself. I, I was, I'm just, I was like a regular kid in high school. I didn't know what to do with my life. I didn't run, I didn't really want, I didn't really like school to begin with. So I wasn't doing anything. I didn't actually like, I never really, I didn't even want to get a job to begin with. So it was like my <laughs> mom that pushed me to get a job at Costco. And I was pretty much doing what those like old ladies do that gave out samples. That's the job I got <laughs> old ladies. And it was just a job for me. And then I, I ended up liking it actually, uh, conversing with people. We didn't really cook because everything was microwaved, but in a sense, it kind of got me in, into cooking, I guess. It was an intro. And like an intro. And from there, I got another job, and I it was just a restaurant job. I hated it, and I just kind of stuck with it because we needed money, blah, blah, blah. And then I ended up liking it, actually, because I worked many summers. In, uh, it's called Santa Cruz Beach Boardwalk. It's like a theme park at the beach. Uh, that's where I kind of started getting more into cooking, even though it was fast food. It's like an intro again. And then I didn't do anything, really, with, for many years. And then I finally went to culinary school. So um, we're new in the pizza business, but I'm a veteran in cooking. I've been in this the restaurant industry for more than 12 years. So that's the background that I have. Hmm. It was an easy, easy transition, I guess I can say, because once you have that background, it's kind of easy to adjust to whatever you do. It doesn't matter if it's baking, pizza, pastries, it doesn't matter. If you have that background, it kind of just makes it easier to do what you're gonna what you're gonna do, pretty much. That's so. the, that was the best transition from uh, a job to pizza I've ever heard. I worked at Costco serving <laughs> samples, and now I own a pizzeria. That was <laughs> Success story, right? How did you? Where did you learn how to make pizza? Did you just like experiment? Uh, it actually has, and it was actually. Uh, I worked at this restaurant called Genie Kitchen and Wine Bar at a city about 45 minutes from here from Watsonville. It's called, uh, I worked there for almost five years. And then I finally decided that I was over it. I've been there for so long, I wanted something new. So then I put in my two week notice, I left. And then I wasn't doing anything. And one day I get a call from the chef that I worked under at the time. And he said, hey man, um, I have a I have a job position. One of my pizza cooks didn't show up today. That's like, would you be willing to come in and cover that shift? I know it's kind of like short notice, 
would you be willing to do it? And I was like, yeah, sure. So I go in there. I, had, I know nothing about pizza. But it was kind of like I was throwing out, like, I was, I was pretty much put uh, under, like, I don't know, just kind of like, do it, you know? And then I started uh, making pizza, burned my first one because it was wood fire. So it's like, it was a complete experience to me. But then once I was in there, I was like, oh, I don't like this. So that was kind of like a little bit of my taste of the pizza world. I started like getting introduced to it, but then I worked there for a couple months, and then I helped him out and got his few pizza cooks, blah blah, and then I ended up just becoming like a baker there. Like I ended up just making bread for the restaurant, and then I worked there for a year. And then for some reason, the owners decided that they rather buy bread because it's too expensive for the labor, hmm. so they laid me off. So I wasn't working. Now that's when uh, Brando and I, he threw in the idea, hey, uh, you like baking, you like cooking. I like making beer. How about let's do this like restaurant, like a tap, tap house and pizza. And we're like, yeah, sure. Let's do it, you know? Well, what he did even said though, is that he he did work at bakeries and he also started yeah. this uh, his own little like side gig called Nino Gordo, which is making donuts, croissants, English muffins, all these other things. So he was kind of just doing his own thing at farmers markets for a bit too. Oh wow! And then uh, that's yeah, that's when I approached him. I'm like, hey, let's let's like what 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 uh, works well together? And I was pizza and beer. So we started just practicing making pizzas about I don't know, like a little over a year ago or a year or so. And we've been making pizza ever since. I mean, now we're open um, and we're, we're doing the whole pizza thing. Yeah, so it's, it's actually been more than a year because we, we released our space in February. And from that point on, we started making pizza. And prior to that, we were making pizza too. Yeah, so. So you, you've been open for a year now. What's, what's business been like for you guys over the past year? I know like, well, the last couple months has been weird, but before yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so we actually opened on December 20th of 2019. Oh, so you so guys we got just opened keys. not too long ago. Yeah, so we got our keys to the place in February. Um, so, but ever since, I mean, like prior to, to the whole pandemic happening, like we were doing really good. I mean, every month it was growing and growing. We were super stoked for the summer to come because we just kind of imagined more people coming through. Yeah. Uh, since we opened in wintertime, we kind of knew that and understood that. Um and yeah, so it was, it's been good. I mean, even during the pandemic, we've had amazing customers, loyal ones that come back and we're still building our clientele here in the area. Um, so we get a ton of new customers um, all the time. I, I know that because I see the ratios, like our, our uh, square uh, register tells us like, you know, you have 11 returning customers and 17 new ones. Yep. So, so we keep building that clientele and we, we think we're just going to keep growing and growing. What style, what style of pizza do you guys serve? We do New York. We like to say New York inspired. Yeah. Technically, New York style. Um, we don't like pissing anyone off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those New Yorkers can be tough. Yeah, we're in the West Coast, you know, so it's New York inspired. It has our own twist, you know, uh, a different water, different environment, um, different hands that handle it. We're not New Yorkers. Um, so we do New York inspired pizza um, and we do uh, Detroit style pizza as well. Not from Detroit, but we, we do it as well. We do the, the, their style pizza. Yeah. It's funny. The people from Detroit aren't as 
angry no. about people saying Detroit style pizza and other countries as people. You know, what? it's no. not even the pizza people from New York. It's the people who eat pizza from New York that I get angry about. Yeah. It. yeah. Yeah, we, it's funny, like, one of our first reviews was, like, a shitty Yelp review. <laughs> I, he's, he's from our town, and he's been to New York a few times during the summer. He's like, I give this a one, it was horrible, I got a cheese, blah, blah, blah. And then we've actually had, like, New Yorkers come that live here on the West Coast. I'm like, dude, this is really good. Like, it reminds me of home. Um, and so it's just kind of funny, like, we've had some really good feedback from New Yorkers. Um, and then we got the shitty review from someone who wasn't even from New York. So it's, it's kind of funny. It's funny because if you look at New York city and I've done it, I've been in there a ton and I've talked to a, a whole bunch of people from New York. Like there's no real New York style of pizza. Like there's a lot of different varieties of pizza going on in New York city. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we just do like that. I guess what you would say like that, uh, uh, teenage, nin uh, uh, teenage ninja turtle, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, it's just like a thin slice with, uh, you know, kind of a big crust. Um, and that's kind of what we stuck to. So that that's what we do. Yeah, it's like a thinner, big slice, 18 inch pizzas cut into eight slices. Um, and that's that's what we went with. You guys are like a sit down restaurant or, or more takeout delivery? Um, both. So, I mean, we're in our space right now, um, but we do a lot of takeout for sure, even before COVID. Um, we were doing a uh, majority takeout. People just kind of come in and take their pizza. We did have some families and, and people come here and sit, eat, especially when we got beer. Um, but yeah, it's mainly a takeout. How, what, so what's the atmosphere like? We're, you're in California, so what's the atmosphere like there now? Are people allowed to even come in or no? No, so we can't have anyone sit in here. Each county is different. So my understanding is that each county has their certain cri criteria that they need to meet prior to opening. And so our county is not ready to open yet due to like hospital capacity and testing. Um, there's just not enough of it. So we are just, we have a window in our kitchen where we hand pizzas out of. So it's, it works out for us. Um, and we feel comfortable doing that too. I mean, we, we're taking COVID very seriously. Yeah. Like we're thinking it's a hoax or anything like that. So we keep our distance. We're not allowing anyone in. And I don't know if we will this year. We'll see how it goes. But we, we have a feeling that second wave is for sure going to come where people are going to have the flu and they don't know if it's COVID yeah. or just the flu. So it's going to get crazy in, in a few months, I think. So we'll see how it goes. We might do light opening during the summer, but it'll probably close back up to what we're doing right now. Did you have the window in place already or did you install it? Yeah, it was there already. Really? So, You're lucky. Prior to us coming here. Uh, so we're really close to the, the high school near, near us um, in our city. And um, they used to sell pizza out of that window, I uh, think. And so it's been there for a while. And um, we don't do it. We just allow kids, the kids in when we could. But um, now it, it, it's it's 100% useful. Is it like a drive-up window? Like it opens up and you just – or is it like no, – we're in downtown. People walk up, so people will just park their car and walk up to our window. Which is probably great, like better for your employees and you guys and the customers. They don't have to worry yeah, about it. Yeah, like it's almost like zero interaction. Yeah. So, you know, they they actually keep a six distance, and and we just hand them the pizza through the window. They grab it and they go. Huh. So what would you guys? So you open? When was your first month? Are you actually open for business? 
December 20th. What did you do to get the word out? Did you just open softly and just kind of like just test out the waters or did you do like a marketing campaign or anything to get the people to know that yeah. you're there? I think, you know, the funny thing is like we did zero marketing. Um, we happen to be in a building that's loved by our city. It's an old Fox theater. Um, and everyone just kind of knew it was coming. Not everyone, but a lot of people knew. And so the day that the day before we waited till last minute, cause there was so much shit going on. Okay. I'm sorry. That's there, not, it's fine. Not a family show. There was so much shit going on that, um, like with the city and getting our permits in order that we were scared to even give people a, a date. Yeah. So there was no campaign, no marketing, nothing. We just kind of said, Hey, tomorrow we're open at four o'clock. Oh, yeah. yeah. Come, <laughs> come over. And they did. We had, we were busy all night. It was just insane. It was a disaster. We did not prepare for it. <laughs> <at all. laughs> it, it was, it was a good disaster. It was a disaster because we in the kitchen were like blustered. This guy was making pizzas all night. We're making squares. We didn't think about it. That was a terrible it. idea. Yeah. I need like a uh, near South pizza and it squares together on the first night. And we and were so somebody, And I had one of my, uh, my brother-in-law actually was the one helping me on the line. Like I'm making pizzas. And no one's making pizzas. It was his first night too. So he was being trained while we were making pizzas. It was just a terrible idea to begin with. Adding <laughs> of pizza. So, but, but it worked. We, we killed it though. So Yeah. I love Detroit style pizza. That's probably one of my favorite styles of pizza right now at the moment. Yeah, it's super good. How do you make yours? Like, what do you guys use for pans and what do you do in it? Uh, we use Lloyd pans. Um, we do brick cheese and mozzarella. And we do 7-Eleven tomatoes. Huh. What made you want to do both of those styles at the same time? <clears throat> oh, man. It was me going to San Francisco. Yeah. So I went to. So I'm a big beer guy, and I went to this brewery called Cellar Maker. Yeah. They had recently opened up a pizzeria, and so I had one of their Detroit squares, and I was like, "Dude, this is like really fucking good." What was it? What was the name of the place again? A Cellar Maker. It's called Cellar Maker House of Pizza, but huh. it's Cellar Maker Brewing. Yeah. Felt and so I made it, or so I ate it, and I told them, "Dude, we need to like R and D this." And so we started doing it and we developed our own version of it. We played with it for a bit. We're like, should we do a cheese crust? We tried it. We didn't like it. So we really went with like that OG buddies look, just like a, a little caramelized cheese crown and, and, and you have crust. And, and Yeah. So ours is different, but it's good. It's ours. I'm looking at it on your, I'm going to look up your Instagram right here and check out your photos while you're talking. Oh yeah. I see it right here. Yeah. We, we, we we never tried to look like buddies, but the other day I realized, shit, we look like buddies. <laughs> Have you ever been to buddies? <laughs> no, we haven't. You're so I, I'm super honored. I was like, shit, we did it kind of without wanting to, but I'm like stoked that we did because it looks just like it. I don't know if it tastes like it, but it's good. I think you did it. You, well, even if it looks like it, you didn't go there and you didn't like try to emulate that. You did a lot of no, research. You yeah, did your own testing. Yeah, you kind of come up with your own recipe. Yeah. What's different between Detroit style pizza? Like what's the difference between creating Detroit style pizza in your restaurant versus your tra tra traditional Italian style? I don't know. Let this guy handle it. I mean, like, like no wise, you mean? Yeah. Like what's the process? Like, is it much different? Do you, uh, you know, how do you have to prepare more in advance for the Detroit style versus the Italian one? Uh, I'd say, it's, I think for the, the, the way we do it, it's like 
we do just a simple cold ferment 24 hours. So from the beard style, like we like make the dough and then we thaw, uh, we ball it up and yep. put it in those little old school metal tins and we just like keep it in the fridge. But the difference from the, the Detroit style is we bulk ferment it and then we portion it the next day into the pans and then we just let it rise room temperature. Actually, sorry, I lied, proofer. We let it rise and yep. then once it reaches to the level that we want it, we just keep it inside the, the refrigerator because refrigerator, I found that it keeps it from overproofing. Yeah. I'm not sure if that it's actually true for sourdough, but for yeast, you know how yeast once it kicks in, it just keeps going. Yeah, yeah. So the way we hold it throughout service and it works out for us. Yeah. So you use so, the same yeah. dough for both. Same dough for both, just different fermentation. <laughs> One's a higher hydration, okay. and then uh, the fruit styles, like probably like sixty-one percent around there, so kind of not that high. Just yeah, so they're they're pretty different, yeah. even in texture. One's more stickier, um, and like you said, it it, it, t- it takes more for us to make the Detroit for sure. We have to, I mean, the 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 New York, you know, we make it, we ball it up, we refrigerate it, or we pan them and stuff. And then the Detroit, you know, we both ferment it, then we have to cut it out, yeah. portion it to the right sizes, spread it, um, and then let it ride. So it's more work for us, but it, it's it's worth it. Which one's more popular for you guys in your restaurant? Detroit. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I would say they're both. I mean, so it's funny, we came up with the, like this like kind of theory. So like Detroit's are super popular. I mean, we do make a limited amount and they tend to send out, sell out within that first hour or two, depending really? on the day. Yeah. Um, and then uh, the the New York blasts us, because we make more, but what happens is like, we get a bunch of calls, like even before opening, it's like, we're getting calls for the Detroit. And it tends to be people who are like single or their partners, like two or one, um, buying them. And then once the evening comes, it becomes more like family style, I'd say. And people want more slices, so then we have actual families coming to get the bigger pies instead of the, the smaller Detroit. Yeah, yeah. Is that a strategy of yours to only have a limited amount so you sell out early, or is it just something that like, you're just not uh, a little bit? Yeah. You know, you want to kind of build that hype, and it just takes more work too. And we don't have a ton of pans, um, so we we just kind of do what we got, and it works out. But I think I think the majority of people who want to get it and they get it fast. Yeah. And then there's people who are just like, oh, I heard you have a Detroit. And like, can I get one? And it's like, sure, if we have it or if not, we sold out. And then they try next week to get it or something. And do you do that every day? Yeah. Are yeah, you guys open day. Monday every day? No, we open Thursday through Sunday right now. Oh, okay. is that because of what's happening right now? Or is that your normal hours? Uh, normal hours were Wednesday through Sunday. So you were closed yeah. Monday, Tuesday. Yeah, weird hours, but it works for us. We, everyone says we have the weirdest hours, but why is that? Why I don't like? I, don't, I think if you're gonna close two days a week, I think you should close Monday, Tuesday versus like some people close on Sunday, and I don't understand why they would close on Sunday if you're gonna close a day or two a week. Yeah, I mean, we our hours are we you know we we're a business and but we're also people with lives. Yeah. So and we we totally balance that out, and I think it's hard for people to understand that. We talk about it all the time, and I think, you know, as business owners, we should have lives, and so should your employees. We all have the right to that. We're not slaves to, to people who want pizza all the time, you know. Yep. We, and and we're providing the service 
So we kind of look at it as like, it's on our terms. If you want pizza, it's going to be when we make it. And so we've, we've gone, we've, we've operated with that mentality and I think people are getting used to it. And um, yeah, we, we wanted to set that foundation for people so they don't think like, oh man, Slice Project, they're open whenever I want it, when I want it. It's like, no, nah, we're kind of open when we want to be open and then you can get it. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'll, I'll, like, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, it's like restaurants, the, the hours that people are used to, it's like 11 a.m. to 11 p.m. Yeah. Right? Usually it's divided between an a.m. and a p.m. group. But I've been in the position where I've been a sous chef and sometimes I would leave my house at 8 in the morning and I wouldn't, I wouldn't go home until almost like 10 or 11 at night. So so to be in a relationship like my wife at the time, at the time she was my girlfriend, I never saw her. So that's one thing that we discussed before opening this place was I want a life. Yeah. I want to be available to my wife. I have a kid now also. So I want to be there for him. It's like the work-life balance. It's like, I feel like a lot of people, like he said, it's like, it should be, you should get pizza when we make it, not when you expect it to be available. Yeah, I like that. For you. Well, when I was, I like that because, you know, I have the same thing when, when I was operating, you know, we would, we were that 11 to 11 place and the, I have three kids and my first two are five years older than my last one. And my oldest two kids from the time they were born to the time they were four, they probably didn't even know who I was. I would literally go to work before <laughs> they woke up and I would come home when they were sleeping for four yeah. years straight. Um, so I like that mentality. You do have to have a good product though, because if you have a crappy product and you have, you yeah. know, you're not hours, there's not a lot of people going to be coming back and going to your business when you want them to. Yeah. I think, I think we have a solid product. Yeah. Um, at least we believe in it for sure. Well, if you're, if it's working for you, those hours you do, that, that just says you have a good product right there. Because if you do set the hours that you want to operate, you know, and you're selling out of your Detroit's early and you're still maintaining sales, it means that you do have a good product and people are willing to adjust their lives around your schedule. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So we're, and we're thankful for it, you know, yeah. I mean like thankful for our customers that, that appreciate that. And I hope that they understand it. But I, like I said, I think it's, it also takes training. And I think that like the industry should kind of recognize that a little bit more because we're, I think we're like, <laughs> not to be mean, but like, it's like that boomer mentality, you know, like, make as much money, work as hard as you can. But it's like, they were never the ones working it. They, right. they almost hired other people to work it. Like, yeah, there was a, quite a few people who, who would work their, their shops, but I feel like there's also been this generation of like restaurateurs that just open places and don't do anything. Yeah. But we're like, we're our own employees and our owners. So like, we, 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 we set the expectation and we want to have like that we want our customers and people to understand like, you know, we're, we're doing our best to serve you guys. And so this is when we do it. I think that's a good mentality to have. Like there's always been those. And I think it, you're right. It was the old, the boomer generation of people where uh, they would try to please everybody be open whenever anybody wanted it. We don't want to close because we don't want to make anybody upset. We're going to have things on our menu that we don't really want to make, but people are asking for, and we don't want to lose the sale. Um, that's the older school mentality versus the younger school mentality is like, let's make what we enjoy making and do it in a fashion where we can have lives and, 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 yeah. and not get burnt out doing it. Yeah, exactly. But we do feel the pressures. Like you said, there's things that people ask and 
we've kind of given in on some stuff, but well, like, give me one. Of the, what is the what? What is an example of something that you didn't really I mean, want to do? I mean, everyone asked for pineapple. We still haven't done it. <laughs> are you guys not? Are you guys have not pineapple pizza pizza people? I enjoy it. I mean, honestly, I like like when I order pizza, I like pineapple pepperoni. It's like I think it's a good mix, but it's just like we just haven't done it. I mean, we've we've offered it a few times, but we just haven't created a pizza on the menu all the time that has it. Yeah. Um, and then like a lot of people ask for jalapenos. Like we live in a in a big uh, Latino community. Yeah. Like our town's like, I don't know, maybe like 75% Latino, all from Mexico. And so like, they love like spice and they love pineapple on pizza. <laughs> so we, we do have to adjust to where we're at and we've made some changes and we were like hesitant at first, but there are changes I think that make sense for where we're at and we have to do it. But yeah, like certain, certain things we want to add and uh, especially like people adding toppings on our white pizza like we don't want to do it but we do it we're like fuck it we'll yeah. do it it's hard <laughs> it's hard to say like what where is the hard line like i i i'm not the uh, this has been a huge debate obviously in the pizza community is like the pineapple on pizza thing and i'm on i'm of the mind of like i don't care what you put on your own pizza like what do i care yeah like if you want to have pineapple on your pizza go for it i'm not going to tell you that you shouldn't but like you said like you, where do you draw the line you have to draw the line somewhere and be like you know what I don't care if you put pineapple on your pizza, but we don't have pineapple. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll, we, we might throw some on one of these days, but it just depends. Do it like really a specialty is. pizza, like a week long specialty pizza. And then yeah, we do, that. we do that all the time. And I think when we do our week long specialties, it's like when we're kind of caving in, we're like, all right, you guys can have what you want um, for a week, <laughs> but it allows us to also like, you know, get creative and do, different pizzas with crazy toppings or just creative toppings. Yeah. Do yeah. you guys do delivery too? Or is it just take, take out and walk, no, uh, walk out? Take out? We don't do Uber Eats or Postmates, none of that. So everybody uh, orders from you direct. Yeah. They Smart. call it, they come pick it up. Was that yeah. a strategy that you wanted to have in place in the beginning? Like we're not using those or just, you never needed to. Um, we're, yeah. Strategy was not, we're not using those. Had some conversations and like, we take 30% and I was like, fuck that. Yeah. And fuck you, like, because <laughs> that's so much money, man. Like yep. thirty percent, and you're charging our customers to pay for the delivery as well. It's like, dude, you're robbing us and them. No way. So early on, we said, nope, that's not gonna happen. We're gonna do takeout and dine-in. Um, delivery for us, I think at the moment is too expensive. Just insurance and getting a car and finding a driver. And I think there's also, I'm sure there's like logistics to it that I don't want to get into right now. So we haven't done that yet. Um, but yeah, we've been doing good. Just take out and dine in. That's good. I mean, you're lucky. If you can get away with continuing to do that and not having to deliver or have to use those third parties, do it as long as you can. Yeah, man. Yeah, and I think we're in a town where we're like in the Silicon Valley or we're, we're right next to the Silicon Valley, but uh, all those services aren't that big around here. I think people are still used to going out and getting their food. What are you guys doing for marketing, like to get the word out about your about your pizza? Instagram. And That's word it. Mouth. Yeah, Instagram, and then I check a little box that goes to Facebook. But Instagram's like where our main our our main drive, and word of mouth, just people talking about it and telling each other. So Instagram is where they find you, and then the word of mouth after they eat the pizza. Yeah. 
That's, yeah. that's great. What's your Instagram? Like, I know we talked a little bit about that in the beginning, but like, what do you, is there a, a strategy there or is there a posting time or date or who does that? <laughs> Me, I do it. Nice. I recall, um, there's no strategy. <laughs> I wish I- I think there's a mental strategy. Yeah. So everybody has some, everybody has a strategy. It's whether it's like organized or not. No, it's not organized. It's, I mean, I try to, I try to get like good pictures of the pizza. I try to show the product in the best light. Um, and yeah, it's just taking a photo. We try to post daily kind of my strategy in my head is like, let me remind people we're opening today. Yeah. And this is, these are the times that we're opening from um for sure when we get a new pizza or we make a new pizza we, we promote it um anytime we get like a new beer because that's the other half of the business we promote it uh so yeah there, there's definitely like a mental strategy to it but it's really just getting good looking photos and um interacting with our customers too like asking questions on our story or like responding to people you know yeah some people just want to feel recognized like oh shit like or like they reposted me like how cool yeah Let me, like you know things like that that matters yeah what where do you what do you use to take the photos because your photos of your pizza are pretty good uh i use a i just use like a sony it's a sony a6400 uh yeah so i just use that Will you like take taking the pictures near the window or something to get some sunlight yeah we, we have the window right here get good lighting and Oh, we have windows all over like our place. Oh yeah. So there's always a good spot for lighting. Um, and I take advantage of it for sure. Yeah. Natural lighting is the best lighting you can have for a photo on Instagram yeah. or food. Yeah. Cause the fluorescent lights are too harsh. Makes the pizza look orange or yellow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's true. And then you gotta do too much work to like, it's just too much work to like fix it after that. Yeah. That's cool. So, uh, what about, um, like now is, is your hours the same now as they were before? Or are they very much shortened? Um, it's pretty much the same thing without lunch. So just like what time yeah. do you open four? Yeah, we open at four to nine. Uh, before this, it was 11 to two thirty with a break in between for us to prep for dinner and then four to nine. So how has sales been? Has it been like dramatically different or has it been pretty, pretty good? Uh, it's been pretty good. Um, but they have taken a hit cause we're just not as open as long and we don't have the lunch crowd that we used to have. Yep. So yeah, we, I mean, you can say maybe like, uh, like maybe like a 30% reduction, but it's enough. It's, we're still, we're still good. We're, we're not like, we're not going to be like we're closing or anything. Like That's good because you're a new business, right? You haven't been open that long. And for have to have this happen, it's like, dang, we just yeah, opened. Yeah. Everything was kind of the momentum was getting. We're getting our systems in place and getting comfortable. And then all of a sudden this happens. Yeah, we still, we still in a comfortable position. We're going to be okay. What do you, what do you think it's going to look like in California in the next, you know, for the rest of this year? Yeah, I think uh, summer's going to come. It's going to be light opening. I would say come like flu season which they say starts late september i think we'll start closing back up that's this is this is what the heck is going on here it's like living in like yeah. a twilight zone or something that's just my guess though i mean i'm no expert but like i said earlier i feel like people are going to get the flu and they're going to be like is it covid or is it yeah they're going to start going to the hospitals people are going to start freaking out um because it's it's like it's an unseen virus you know you can't you don't know who's got it or where it's at 
So I think it, that's that might happen. But I don't know. So you guys are prepping your business to stay how it is now for the rest of this year. Probably, honestly. Do you think you'll be it, able? Will you be able to make it like that? Like, is it sustainable? It seems like it is. Yeah. I mean, like even before this, I think a lot of our our uh, business was takeout, so it it. It, it was working and I think uh, it'll continue to work, yeah. Is it easier for you guys to run your business like this or is it more stressful? It's easier, right? It's easier. Yeah, that's easy. You guys seem pretty laid back. You're like, yeah, you know what? Four to nine is not too bad hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's it's nice. I mean, we come in like at one o'clock, we get to sleep in. Yeah. <laughs> and then we just like prepping for the day and we open up at four, so it's pretty it's pretty mellow it seems like the consumers are pretty supportive of local businesses i hope that that lasts you know it's only been two months so i feel like they're like all right we have to support these local businesses because it's it was so dramatic the stop of all the people being able to go out i hope that the consumers continue to support the local businesses you know if it does extend to september october november when the novelty of it all closing has worn off yeah yeah, I hope so too. And I mean, I think there's other factors like economic economic factors, right? Like the economy can slow down, people can start losing jobs and stuff. And I think people already have. Yeah. But um, I don't know. It's hard to say, but it's. I think we'll be okay. Good. I'm glad. You guys got nice and pizza. If I ever when I come out to California, I have to come visit you guys. Yeah, we're. I think we're we're in a pretty, like I said, we're in a smaller town, but. It's close enough to big cities that you might more than likely might land there one day in an airport, and we're not too far away. Who was like a, who was like the biggest co- competition for you guys around? Like, are there any other landmark restaurants around there that people would be familiar with? Like pizza pizza restaurants or pizza or any- normal restaurants that anybody would be familiar with, not non pizza related. Um, what's a big? What's a, like, what about Monterey? Does it have any big restaurants that come to mind? I mean, uh, Mentone just opened up in Aptos, which is like 15 minutes away by uh, David David Kinch. Yep. Uh, man, the owner of Manresa and Los Gatos. Okay. They opened up a wood fire restaurant. I'm actually going to try it out this week. I haven't had a chance. Um, oh, uh, Los Gatos has um, what was uh, Oak and Rye. Oh, yep. Yeah, Los Gatos has Oak and Rye, which is about 35 minutes away. Um, there's amazing breweries. <laughs> we're, we're blessed to have breweries in this area for sure. I mean, it's like people are into beer. We have Santa Darius. We have Humble Sea. Alvarado Street Brewing is nearby. Um, and then we have a bunch of great local breweries in town too. One Fruition. And uh, yeah, there's Corleo's Brewing. There's a new brewery coming called the Slew Brewing Company um, or Collective. Yeah, so there's... We're blessed with that. So, I mean, if people are into beer, there's plenty of that around here. Huh. And we try to partner with that. And I think, like, we, we have a lot of great beers, too, where if people are into beer, they might hopefully find out about us. Right. And come to the pizza and enjoy some of the, the beers, too. They get all of those beers from the region in one spot at your place, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Where's your favorite place to eat pizza? Where's the best pizza you've ever had, other than your own? Ooh, Scars, man. Yeah, Scars is pretty good. Wow, Scars Pizza. Every time I go to New York, I have Scars Pizza. Right every day that I'm there, <laughs> I try to make it out to Scars. Yeah, I, you, yeah. I, I had Scars Pizza and it was a, a reheated slice, and I generally don't like reheated slices. And it was it was even good reheated. I'm like, if this is good reheated, 
uh, you're gonna if you can eat it reheated and it's good, it's definitely good not reheated. Yeah, yeah. And their grandma. Last time I went, I was able. I wasn't able to get a pepperoni slice, but I got a cheese slice. And they always had grandma slices when I went. So I, I ate a bunch of grandma slices. Tiny ass place though. It's like so small in there. Yeah, I was telling them we're blessed to have our kitchen because these guys are like in some tiny little quarters. But the cool thing about New York is they have like that basement prep. Yeah. We don't have a prep area. We just have a cooking area. Yeah, so, but you have a huge dining room. Like there, you're in the dining room at Scars, and you're trying to walk by someone. You're like literally squeezing by them. There's no way they can social distance in there. Yeah, no way. <laughs> Yo, funny note, this guy, he can't say where his favorite place is because yeah, he's gluten he can't eat gluten. Yeah, really? Oh. Do you guys do a gluten free pizza? Uh, uh yeah. Yeah, occasionally. Yeah. If somebody requests like we have a twenty four hour notice, I'll do it, but it's usually more like uh on the DL. So And it's a square. It's ah. a square. Yeah. That's come a long way. There's been a lot of gluten free pizza that's come like like a few years ago, it was terrible. Now it's you know, it's pretty good now. Yeah, he's been eating all this for a while now. So nice. yeah, we, we think it's pretty good, but um, yeah, we don't we don't get a lot of them, but we do get it occasionally. I'm surprised. California seems like a place where a lot of people would it'd be popular, like Boston area. Like you know, it's 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 something that the the metropolitan areas get a lot of people who want that alternative. Yeah, yeah, for sure, but. For, I think it's just like it's too expensive for us to have it on the menu all the time. Yeah. I mean, how much is a flower? Like six dollars a pound or something crazy. Something ridiculous. Yeah. Like so it's just like it, it'd be too much to make it every day and just throw it away if no one bought it. Yeah, that's true. So yeah, I guess you're right on that. Um, well, it was cool talking to you guys. Where can people go follow you on Instagram or say hello or check you guys out if they're in the area? Uh, I at Slice Project Pizza on Instagram um, would probably be the best place to check us out um sliceprojectpizza.com you go on there as well um and that has just like general info and links to all our social media so yes we'll we'll link all that up in the show notes to your website instagram go check them out on instagram they got some really good pizza photos on there um but brando and chris thank you so much for joining me on the podcast it was a pleasure to have you on chat with you guys thank you man we appreciate it thank you guys chris and brando check them out we took all the show notes for you over at smartpizzamarketing.com, type in Slice Project in the search bar, and we'll pop those show notes up for you. You can check them out on Instagram. I have to say their pies do look amazing on Instagram, so go go, go follow them and go check out what they're doing. And if you're in the area, stop by, say hello, tell them you heard them on the Smart Pizza Marketing Podcast. If you have an interesting story or you want to say hello, you can reach me at Bruce. No, not at Bruce, Bruce at smartpizzamarketing.com. That's my email address. That's where you can reach out to me. I love finding people who are doing interesting things kind of off the radar. Like we're all trying to get our, our message out there. And a lot of the pizzerias out there are trying to build their brand. But I want to talk to the folks who aren't in the magazines right now. We know We all know those guys. And they're great guys. Go follow them. Go interact with them. They're all phenomenal. We've had them on the podcast before. And they're all very, very helpful. But what I want to do is I want to I want to introduce you to up-and-comers, right? Or maybe people who aren't getting a lot of exposure, but they're doing great things in their business. So if you are one of those people or you know somebody who's in that category, shoot me an email or shoot me a direct message at the Bruce Irving on Instagram or at Smart Pizza Marketing because I want to have you on the podcast and just have a conversation. I love sharing stories about what you guys are up to and people who are passionate and love the business and are doing some cool stuff in our industry. So if you know anybody, forward them my way. 
And if you need our help, head over to smartpizzamarketing.com. Big news about the website coming up here in the next few weeks. We are working on something pretty big here over at the SPM podcast and website and all that stuff. We have a lot of good things coming at you, uh, especially in the next few months. So stay tuned for that. I don't know. I'm not really ready to announce it yet here on the podcast, but it's pretty cool. I'm pretty excited about what we're doing and what we have coming for you because that's why we do all of the things that we do is for you guys, right? Run the business, learning how to do all the marketing, hearing the stories, trying to figure out and navigate what the heck is going on and all that good stuff. So stay tuned for some big announcements happening over the next few weeks. Those will be coming here from us here at the SPM show. All right, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. I appreciate you, and we'll see you on the next episode.